Hello and welcome to a brand new Arse Blog Arsecast right here on Arsblog.com. Hope you're well. I guess everybody's feeling a bit better this week than they have done the last couple of weeks, which have been, in fairness, somewhat bleak in terms of performance, in terms of results and everything else that goes with that. But after the display in midweek, there's, uh, I suppose, some grounds for optimism. Bayern beaten on their own patch. We keep a clean sheet. And in terms of setting ourselves up for the games to come, the final 10 Premier League games of the season, I don't suppose we really could have asked for much more than we got on Wednesday night. Um, well, we could have asked for another goal. And maybe if we'd had a bit more time, we'd have got it. But going into the game, I have to say that uh, I was looking for something like this. Uh, a good performance. Uh, a good result um, was maybe secondary, but but something to build on uh, because things have been so um, difficult and we've been playing so poorly that going into these final 10 games of the season, I think we really needed something to give us, uh, I don't know, you might call it a shot in the arm or a kick up the arse. And I think we did enough to to take some confidence into these, into these final 10 games, starting with Swansea on Saturday, of course. Um, other than the Bayern thing, of course, there hasn't been much going on because we've had 10 days between games. Uh, we were supposed to play Everton last week, uh, but they were involved in the FA Cup and now they're not they were beaten by Wigan of all people imagine losing to a team much worse than you in the FA Cup I, I, I can't get my head around that concept at all uh, so pretty much all the focus on, on this uh, particular Irish cast is going to be uh, Bayern Munich and what's to come this weekend and you know what we can expect between now and the end of the season so what do we take from Bayern Munich beating them 2-0 keeping a clean sheet the first thing you have to say, really, is that keeping a clean sheet with um, the goalkeeper that he chose, I don't suppose too many people would have put a great deal of money on Arsenal um, not conceding in Munich, regardless of who we had in goal, whether it was Szczesny or Fabianski or Jens Lehmann or David Seaman, you still would have fancied Bayern to score, given the fact that I think the last time they didn't score at home in a game was April of last year. Um, so they're a, a very strong team, even if they were missing uh, some players like Ribery and Schweinsteiger. Um, it was a brave move, I guess. I mean, it was one that I found myself a bit disheartened about when I looked at the uh, the stories as they emerged on the morning of the game and, and earlier in the week about how Chesney was going to be left behind and how he needed, you know, uh, a breather mentally and all that kind of stuff. And I, I get that in a way because a manager is never going to say, look, I'm dropping a player because, you know, he's been playing like shit. No manager is going to do that. Apart from who would do that? Harry Redknapp might do that, actually. Yeah, he he would because, you know, he, he's just that type of person. But uh, Wenger certainly wouldn't. So, I mean, the only implication you can take from the fact that Chesney, the number one goalkeeper, established number one goalkeeper of the club, being rested for Lucas Fabianski, who hadn't played a game of football for Arsenal since uh, February 2012, and that was a 2-0 defeat to Sunderland, is that he really felt that he had to change something, that maybe Chesney was part of the problem. Um, I didn't expect Fabianski to play quite as well as he did. I'm glad that he got a clean sheet. Uh, I think he was offered uh, more protection from a defence that was more organised and more disciplined, didn't leave lots of space in behind them, as we saw, for example, against Spurs. And the other interesting thing, of course, is that he brought in Lauren Koscielny for Thomas Vermaelen. Ordinarily, it's not such a big thing. You're taking out one central defender who's been playing badly and putting in a guy um, who, while he's had his moments 
this season that haven't been particularly good was our best defender last season. So on the face of it, it's not really a decision that would raise too many eyebrows. Uh, of course, Thomas Vermalen is the captain. Thomas Vermalen sat beside Arsene Wenger uh, at the press conference before the game and spoke about you know this, that, and the other, and how they owed the manager uh, a performance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that was th- those were two interesting decisions, and perhaps a sign that the manager is uh, willing. Uh, to show players that, look, you know, if you're not performing, then you're going to be out of the team. The issue in general, I suppose, with doing that is that we don't necessarily have the strength in depth, and that's something we've touched on all season, to be able to say to certain players, well, look, you're out of the side now. There perhaps might be one or two others uh, who who could do it the same thing, but we just don't have the ability uh, to do it. But uh, it paid off because Cialni was really excellent, I thought. Um, Very wholehearted, tackled well, got stuck in, got a goal um, and had one of those performances alongside Mertesacker that makes me think in general that those two uh, form the best central defensive partnership at the club. Kieran Gibbs is back, uh, left back, did all right. Carl Jenkinson, absolutely brilliant um, at right back. And of course, there was a brilliant brilliant moment uh, after the game when he's talking to Jeff Shreves on Sky uh, and I think it, it's worth listening to because I, I just thought this was fantastic I mean to come here and get a win is a tremendous result but the harsh reality is that's eight seasons without a trophy for Arsenal now yeah well I'd rather not talk about that now to be honest after after how we've played today and after you know the positives we can take from tonight you know I think that's putting a bit of a negative approach on this evening and uh, I think we need to take the positives from tonight. And look, you can't escape the fact that we haven't won anything for eight years, but I don't think we need reminding of that. And certainly, uh, Carl Jenkinson didn't need reminding of that because he, too, is an Arsenal fan and he knows how long it's been since we've won. And they've just come off the field, having beaten Bayern Munich 2-0 in Munich, almost pulled off a, a great comeback. And then to be hit with a question like that, typically Sky, typically Jeff Shreves. I thought for a guy uh, as inexperienced as him and as sort of raw as him, I thought he dealt with that question absolutely brilliantly so fair play to him anyway with me now to discuss all the bits and pieces from Bayern and beyond it is the man from East Lower hello there hi there hi Bayern Munich beaten 2-0 at their own place something that hasn't happened this season Uh, I don't think they've failed to score in the Champions League since 2009 at home and we we did them 2-0 I mean literally by far the greatest team the world has ever seen I think if there were ever you know, any doubts about that, you know, they were well and truly put to bed, weren't they? <laughs> There's never been a greater side in the history of football. Clearly not. What, what did you make of the the performance? Because, I mean, although there wasn't a great deal of expectation, and I'll hold my hands up and say I didn't really expect us to win the game, I thought maybe we could scrap out a good draw or maybe a nil-nil would have been a good thing. But, you know, 1-0 early and then 2-0. I mean, you know, if the goal had gone in maybe 10 minutes earlier... You know, that that would have really um, made the last uh, part of the game very interesting. I think we probably could have done it. Yeah, we, we I think we could have done it as well. It was very strange and, and most unexpected. Uh, I suppose, you know, if, if you were being a negative kind of a bloke, you'd say that um, there was a bit of complacency on their behalf and the, the pressure was off on ours. But, you know, you take each game as it comes, uh, to use the famous old cliche. And um, I thought we did really well and it, it really could have, I mean, the first goal, you know, three minutes in, it really was almost from the textbook of, mm-hmm. of how to score when you're three, one down. And um, and that really sort of set the tone. And 
I think we just left it a bit late in the end, but it wouldn't have been a massive surprise if we'd have gone, well, it would have been a massive surprise, but in the context of the game, it wouldn't have been. Sure. Um, uh, in the end, you know, uh, it was too too little too late, but um, very, very promising in, in, in lots of ways. Mm. And it does, it raises the question, of course, that, you know, if they can play like that and be organised like that and be disciplined like that against Bayern Munich. You know, why, why isn't this happening more often? Because, you know, we saw what happened. It was pretty much chalk and cheese, I guess, in terms of what happened against Tottenham, that, you know, the, the, the defensive organisation uh, for a start w- w- was a lot different. You know, that the, the, the game plan itself seemed to change. You know, that obviously um, there were lessons learned from the Tottenham game, but those lessons could have been learned a bit earlier in the season as well. It could have been learned about three years ago. You could, <laughs> I mean, you know, there was. I remember some years back when we played Chelsea at the Emirates, and we hustled and harried them, and really pressed. And everyone thought, oh, I think we won the game three-one. Mm. And everyone sort of said, "Oh, look, there's the blueprint for how we should play." And of course, we didn't carry on doing it. And uh, it's been, you know, pretty much the story of the last few years. But um, yeah, why don't we do it more often? I don't know. I, mean, I honestly don't know. But the, the one thing, uh, the sort of major thing for me was the sort of defensive discipline yesterday and um you know it's been so lacking uh, that, that uh, in many you know in many games that that was kind of the big takeaway for me is if we can defend like that and uh, between now and the end of the season then there's that hideous little shard of hope isn't there mm. yeah, and it is the, it is the hope that kills you of course oh, totally, yeah uh, the manager made a brave call going into this game and you know he's accused very often of of not changing things or not doing things differently and you know he made a big call by bringing back Lucas Fabianski um my eyebrows such as they are were were raised I'll admit because he he hadn't played a game for over 12 months and that was a a 2-0 defeat at Sunderland and Wojciech Chesney has been pretty much established as as the number one goalkeeper. And I don't think, you know, he's had his moments and he's had, a you know, the odd uh, mess up here and there. And I, I think that's normal for most goalkeepers and especially young ones. I don't think he's been particularly bad while not being particularly great either. But it was a it was a brave decision to bring Fabianski back because, you know, one one flap. And it's not so much on Fabianski's head because everyone goes, well, there's Fabianski being Fabianski. It's like, why on earth did Arsene Wenger bring him back? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I think I think he, Chesney hasn't looked um, as good as we kind of hoped he might be this season, but he hasn't been a disaster. And, um, and, and all that stuff about him, you know, being mentally tired, I'm sl- slightly worried by that. You kind of worry, you know... I'm, yeah, I mean, it, it's not mentally tired, though, is it? I mean, you know, when, when we look at it in, in the context of what's happened and, and how things operate in football, he's not mentally tired. He's been, he's been rested. It's like kick up the arse kind of territory here, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. But, you know, to, even to say the word mentally tired is, is a, you know, it's a strange thing to, to say when you could say other things. You know, you could just say rested, for example. But, um, mm. but anyway, Fa- Fabianski, yeah, he... Um, it's pretty much last chance saloon. I thought he was in last chance saloon about a year ago, two years ago, but he played really well. And, um, I think, you know, I think he's going to, I think he's going to stick with him. I mean, that, that's my gut feeling. Unless he makes a massive flappy Hansky, I think he's going to stick with him for the time being, because mm. you can't just bring someone in who, who then happens to play extremely well. Um, and with great confidence, uh, you can't just, you can't then sort of shift him out again. It would be a very odd thing to do. Mm. Um, not saying that, you know, he won't do that, but, it feels very much to me like Fabianski will be in goal uh, for the Swansea game and, and then and then you know, take it from there. Mm, I mean, I was going to ask you, you know, 
he has to stick with him because he's brought him in to change something, right? So yeah. he has to. He kind of has to stick with him now. And, and what of Thomas Vermaelen as well? Because Vermaelen sat beside Arsene Wenger at the uh, at the press conference, and you know, for all intents and purposes, looked like a guy who was going to play because you know, well, he's the captain of the club. He's dropped for Koscielny. Koscielny and Mertesacker played very well, and I think they play very well together. You know, you can't keep a clean sheet against one of the most free-scoring, uh, effective teams in European football and then say to a guy, well, look, I'm bringing the other guy back, you know, for what reason? Because what, he's captain? No, I, I couldn't agree more. And But ultimately, it's the right call because, and it's a brave call because Vermaelen, yes, he's the club captain and um, so in that respect, a kind of figurehead. But he hasn't been playing very well. And you can't just... Um, I mean, I think I think these players do need to know that ultimately, you, know, you if you if you're not playing well, you someone else is going to come in and have a go. And um, I totally agree. I think he's out. He's out for a few games now. I can't. I can't see. I can't see it would do anything other than harm to to bring both Chesney and Vermaelen straight back in uh, on 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 the weekend, unless it was down to a sort of you know tired legs kind of thing. But I think that would be odd. I'd be surprised if the same back five didn't start on on uh, on Saturday. To be honest, mm. uh, and. Assuming that that back five does start, it, it then puts the onus on on Vermaelen and Chesney to show the manager in training or otherwise that they're you know they're going to work hard to get their place back. I mean, is this not what we've spoken about time and time again about competition for places? That ultimately, regardless of uh, seniority or whether somebody's wearing the captain's armband, you know that that form uh, and performances should dictate the team rather than uh, reputation. Yeah, and and the same things happened to Koscielny. He's been played a lot less, um, uh, you know, than he probably wanted to, uh, and he hasn't made much of a fuss about it, as far as I know. He's just kind of got on with it. And um, I think I think ultimately, you know, if Marlon doesn't like it, well, that's just tough. That's one of the decisions a manager has to make, and and he, you know, it's, it's, it should it should be a beneficial thing, or you should at least try and take it as something to to uh, to work on. You can't just keep playing someone if they're so horribly out of form forever just can't you know that, that shouldn't be the way it works mm. what about uh, Carl Jenkinson at right back um, Bakary Sanya has had his struggles this season and, and looks like a guy who's uh, I guess weighed down a little bit by uh, the injuries and, and you sort of get a feeling he's not entirely happy with everything that's that's gone on at the club and, and you know his contract etc etc um, Jenkinson played a lot at the start of the season Sanya came back was fit um, had his problems as we mentioned and Jenkinson has had to bide his time and you know uh, against Bayern Munich against like we keep saying one of the best teams in Europe he was really really good um, the promise is there isn't it it's it's a, another one of those situations where you know the, the the player is saying to the manager look I'm doing everything I can to stay in the team yeah, no, he, he, it's it's hard not to absolutely absolutely love Carl Jenkinson because a he's an Arsenal fan that's well documented, um, but also you know even when he makes a mistake he he stands up and and you know he he um, he doesn't hide from anything and he's got great he's got great engine. I I remember saying at the beginning of the season when he was playing that I wouldn't be at all surprised if at the end of the season. Wenger let Sanya go and Jenkinson became number one. And then Sanya came back and played very well. And I sort of thought, well, maybe that won't happen now. But looking at him now, you kind of think he's made great. He's only been here a year and a half or a year and three, you know, a year and a half. And um, mm. he's made amazing um, uh, leaps forward. Uh, and I think he's become, obviously, he's obviously one of the big favourites already. Um, I, wouldn't be at all, I still wouldn't be that surprised if he was, if he was our number one choice next season. 
So, going forward, right, we've got uh, Swansea, who are a difficult team, and then we've got an, an interlull, uh, of course, which raises I- its own problems. But going back to what you said about uh, that Chelsea game and it being a blueprint, you know, c- can we assume the same thing uh, about Bayern Munich, that, that the way we played there the defensive solidity that we showed is the platform to go and win games because, you know, against Bayern, we weren't necessarily at our scintillating best from an attacking point of view. The early goal was very well worked, but after that, it wasn't as if Neuer was pulling off save after save after save. But what we had, I, I suppose, was that that old Arsenal reliability or, or solidity at the back so that when we nicked another goal, it was it was really important. It, it could have got us through had we got one of the other goals. So is that the way we should operate now? Is like look to be as defensively solid as we can and and nick goals well I think one of the classic Wenger approaches is always to try or used to be to always try and outscore the opposition and I just don't think we're capable of that at the moment so I think it has to start at the back and and you know looking at the way we defended it's just, it you just think it has to be the approach to take now look the only assumption we can well, we can't I just don't think you can assume anything because you know what Arsenal are like you can you'd assume them to take that approach into every single game between now and the end of the season but we've seen that so many times that they kind of do that for a few games or a couple of games and then something else happens and they completely change um tack and and so I don't know I would I wouldn't want to make any assumptions but I would like them to um to take that kind of defensive approach and absolutely you know, and, and also, like you, like we said before, the players that are on form, keep them in. You know, don't worry about the the egos or, or the big names. If they're playing well, they stay in the team. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see them. You know, put a, a kind of shift in that they put in against Munich for the rest of the season. Will it happen? Oh, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Mm. Uh, you'd be hopeful that if they could, you know, I'd be very hopeful that that this season could end better than perhaps we were expecting. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Just to touch on um, Jack Wilshire. obviously um, everyone when he, when he gets a bit injured is kind of, you know, cacking themselves because of what came before and, and the uh, the period of time he spent out. Um, Arsene Wenger spoke about how when he asks Wilshire how he feels, he says he feels perfect. But at the same time, the scans are showing that, you know, he's got a bit of a problem. Um, it's interesting to note that they're doing these regular scans and looking at those and and sort of maybe taking precautionary measures. Um, d- does Jack need to be able to tell himself, look, you, you're not going to be able to play in this game. You should sit this one out, give that a rest. Well, I, may, maybe he does, but at the same time, he's he, you've got to admire his will to just carry on. And that's one of the things that, you, you know, we, 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 rate very, we rate about him is the fact that he... Um, He'll just play through anything if he can, and he'll try and play every game. He was the same with England under twenty ones. England, he just wants to play, and in many respects, that's quite admirable. So, the decision has to be down to to Wenger, uh, and um, I think it's a sensible approach. We can't afford, and his career can't afford for him to be out another twelve, fifteen, seventeen months. I mean, um, that is a hell of a, a hell of a break from a career for a short career. So. I don't know. He's one of the players. He just wants to play, and so someone's got to step in and 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 tell him otherwise. Uh, yeah, well, we'll leave that to to the manager and the medical team. Looking ahead very quickly then to uh, to Swansea at the weekend, um, they're tricky opponents. We know that um, from the previous visits we've had there. There was a two two, of course, uh, earlier in the earlier in the year in the FA Cup, and, and last season didn't go particularly well in the league. Um, 
this is going to be another another big test, isn't it? Even though uh, I don't suppose you can really draw parallels between Bayern Munich and uh, and Swansea, and that's no disrespect to Swansea, but you know this is the kind of game which has been um, something of uh, what's the word I'm looking for a handicap force or, or an Achilles heel, if you like, to stay on the injury theme, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, also it's a straight after a Champions League game, and they can sometimes be a bit iffy away from, from home as well. Well, that's right. Um, uh, ultimately, um, it is it is yet another massive test for us because if we can go and win there, then you really can see a little bit of a platform developing, you know, to approach the rest of the season. Um, and it was, it was, there were for me so many positives about the Munich thing. Um, it makes you kind of really believe a bit, having lost pretty much uh, any faith that we'd get that we'd make top four. And <clears throat> But having said that, if we if we come out if we, if we don't play and, and we draw or we lose, uh, then you know it's totally back to square one, isn't it? And and then I really would I really would fear for the rest of the season. So it will be so interesting to see how the team um, how the team goes for it, and it needs to go for it. And if it doesn't, then God knows, and we're right back. It's, it's complete one step forward, one step back. You know, it's it's a, it's a nightmare scenario, really. You've got to win. Absolutely. All right. Well, look, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that man from East Laura. Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome, no problem. You can follow the man from East Lower on Twitter at East Lower or his blog eastlower.co.uk. Right now, time for this guy. I was sitting there alphabetizing my collection of cutting crew bootleg LPs when the guy walked into the office. Oh, not you again, mister, I said. Every time you come in here, it's some ridiculous, impossible job. I've had it up to here. No, he said, I got something for you real this time. Oh, yeah, I said. Yeah, he said. Okay, I said. Hit me. I woke up a couple of minutes later. I meant tell me. Oh, he said. Sorry. Look, he said. There's this organization. They're out to get me. Oh, yeah, I said. Yeah, he said. They really are. That sounds more up my alley, all right. Yeah, I thought it might, he said. I had a run-in with one of their guys, and ever since, they've been making stuff up about me and telling people. Telling people how, I said. Well, they're printing it in their newspaper. Wait, I said, this is a newspaper making stuff up? Yeah, he said. Ah, jeez, mister, I said, it's a newspaper. Next you'll be asking me to prove Phil Collins is a cunt. We'll have more from Amari Bischoff PI at some point between now and the end of the season, no doubt. Looking ahead very quickly to what's happening this weekend, well, it's a tricky game. An away trip to Swansea. Last time we played there, it was a 2-2 draw. That was in the FA Cup uh, before we brought them back to our place and won. But if you remember last season, we lost there uh, 3-2, I think it was. And they're buoyed, of course, by winning uh, their first trophy in a bazillion years or ever or something when they won the Capital One Cup. So, um maybe they're on top of the world, but maybe also they're in that little sort of post-winning something slump that does happen to some teams um, uh, from time to time. So I, I hope that's the case because they are a good side and they'll be a tricky team. And uh, in terms of our team going into the game, uh, the injury news is that Sanya remains out. Podolsky remains out. Jack Wilshire, of course, is out, is uh, on his way back from Dubai, apparently. Uh, Kieran Gibbs may miss out as well because he aggravated something during the Bayern game and Thomas Vermalen was warming up quite vigorously 
vigorously at one stage. However, we do have Nacho Monreal to come back in. Uh, I guess the thing is, does he stick or twist? Does he keep the players who, who perform so well against Bayern? Does he stay with that back five? Uh, leave the captain on the bench? Leave Chesney on the bench? If it were up to me, I think I probably would do it at this point. Uh, I don't see that it'd do any harm after a confidence-boosting win in midweek. Um, but what we've got to do is make sure we perform the same way we did against Bayern. Put in the effort, put in the, the, the work rate and the tackling back and the tracking and the fouling if we need to foul let's do a bit of that too Uh, and if we show that kind of spirit um, between now and the end of the season in every game it can't just be for one or two games when you know the the chips are down and everyone's writing us off and you want to prove them wrong you've got to do it week in week out Uh, and it would be uh, rather timely to show some consistency at this point of the season 10 games 30 points is still a lot to play for this season and I think if we can and it is a big if I accept that but if we can do what we did against Bayern in every game between now and the end of the season, then I think we've got a very good chance of of uh, getting into the top four. And if we get into the top four, then we've got a better chance of sorting out the problems that we have. So let's keep fingers crossed that we can get everything sorted. Uh, we can pick up three points uh, against Swansea tomorrow. We then go into an interlull, uh, more time to recharge the batteries in a way for certain players. Of course, there'll be those who are going away with their countries, but it gives us a chance to, to sort of regroup and make sure we're all fit and ready and healthy and uh, focused for the final push. So let's keep everything crossed. Uh, talk to you on the next Arscast. Until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Special guest on the guitar, it's a Mary Bishop Peter!